Welcome to another episode of Love with Elise Peck. I'm your host, Elise Peck, best-selling author, personal coach. I help people get the life and the love that they want. And I am thrilled to be uh, welcoming onto the podcast today, Melanie Oldham. She was originally born in France and moved to Australia 10 years ago. And her story of love is, is really incredible. Just out in country, Western Australia, Western Australia doing a backpacker's job, uh, you know, not getting much sleep, working hard in the dirt and mud and, and, and all the sweat and in the, the blistering heat. Uh, and there was love. And it's a really funny and engaging and interesting story of, of first impressions, um, but also, you know, uh, he knew, when her, her husband saw her, he just knew. Um, and uh, yeah, there's so much packed in there. There's also a discussion of masculine and feminine energies, of, um, you know, your life being different chapters, of how moving through adversity together uh, really, you know, brought them even closer. Um, there, there's just like there is so much in there there is so much about knowing your worth honoring yourself knowing your boundaries it's a great stimulating amazing discussion uh, so sit back relax enjoy Welcome to another episode of Love with Elise Peck. I'm your host, Elise Peck, and today I'm really excited to be welcoming onto the podcast Melanie Oldham. Now, Melanie was born in France and has been living in Australia for the last 10 years. She's passionate about alternative medicines and the power of creativity on the neural network. She thrives through being a certified results coach and art therapist. Melanie helps her clients to heal from traumas, chronic pain, and PTSD, guiding them through a unique process of recovery. Now, I've invited Melanie onto the podcast today and I'm really excited to see her. We we I, I've come across Melanie because we've been doing uh, something called traditional coaching training, which means that we've been trained and certified in another technique called dynamic coaching. Uh, but there's also this thing called ICF credential and some people take it seriously and other people don't and whatever. It's just another technique of coaching and uh, as lifelong students and people that like to hone our craft we sort of dive in and, and learn this other traditional set and then combine it amongst with our, with our other tools that we've got to help clients. Uh, but along the way, we get put into breakout rooms and we practice with other coaches and, and get our, our coaching skill set dialed in. And I, come, I came across Melanie there uh, quite a few months ago, maybe uh, back in June or something, maybe May. So it was a while ago now. It's now September. And... Um, and since then, uh, we've been we've been catching up uh, with another person via Zoom and having sort of a little our own little mastermind and, and connection thing, and um, yeah, and I really love Melanie's energy. It's really uh, yeah, I just love it. I just love it. I'm I'm excited to to welcome and, and in, invite you to enjoy it as well. So welcome onto the podcast, Melanie. Hello. Hi everyone. Hello. <laughs> How are you today? I'm good. I'm well. I'm well. I will be really honest. Um, and I'm on the tail end of recovering from some lurgy that got my both my husband and I last week. Um, so I'm just super grateful today to actually have a bit of energy going on. But how about you? How are you today? Yeah, good, Sam. I was really excited to. I'm a little bit, it's not nervous. It's just excitement, but to the the extent where I'm expanding a little bit for you. <laughs> I'm expanding. I love it. Yes, yeah, something a little bit new and different and outside the comfort zone, perhaps. So um, I'd love you to set the scene for us. 
in the sense that I'd love to know how long have you been, uh, like what year did you meet your partner? How long have you been with him? Um, yeah, just, just, just that. And then what I'm going to do is after you let us know how long you've been with him, pretty, very basic. Then I'm going to ask you a little bit about your mindset before you met him. So you just want to start with how long you've been together? Yeah, so we met in 2017. So we've been together for five years, a bit more than five years. And um, we met at work and it was just, yeah, not, um, it was just out of nowhere, you know, it's just, yeah, as it goes. <laughs> out of nowhere. So taking us back to right before you met, uh, were you like you've just said it was out of nowhere so were you looking for someone like did you have in your mind I'd like a partner um were you sort of on the hunt for a partner not at all <laughs> so what happened is um pretty much since my first love when I was 15 I just went from one long relationship to another so investing myself every single time we're talking about two three four years relationship and then as long as I fell off one, I kind of met someone else. And I just, yeah, went back and forth like this until before I met my, my husband. And yeah, uh, before I met him, I actually told, like, told myself, this is it. I'm not going to jump again to another long-term relationship. I'm gonna treat myself with being single for a while which means just focusing on myself, self-love, self-development, all the things that I've been actually able to do it with him by my side. But um, yeah, I was just not willing, not looking, I actually even told him no <laughs> when he asked to get into a relationship at the first, at, yeah, at first I was like, no. <laughs> so how long had you been single then? If you were still wanting a break, how long had, had you been single at that point? So my plan was, um, I pretty much was off, I think it was, it feels like it was so long ago. I yeah. think I was off that relationship, my ex-relationship in March, I think. And pretty much by the end of May, we actually made it official with that, <laughs> with my husband. Beautiful. So it, yeah. yeah, it's just... It's very um, honeyed and cliche, or, but we had that connection that I pretty much, um, how would you say, for the first time I actually walked out of a relationship for myself, uh, out of self-love, out of, and because it was not to jump with someone else's relationship, you know, it was just like for myself, the, the universe kind of gave me that reward of that best friend I've always wanted and they manifested it for me. And now they're like, hang on, you've done the work. You choose yourself over something toxic. Now we're rewarding you with what you've been wanting for the last 10 years. You better take it, girl. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, so I didn't, I didn't, um, I didn't say no for too long because it was just, was what I wanted. Yeah. yeah, I love that. So you just walked away from a relationship. Um, what was your mindset? So you wanted to be single. And what was your mindset like? Were you um, doing inner work? Were you trying to heal from that <clears throat> relationship? Or like, what? where was your mindset at right before you met your husband? That relationship was pretty much lasted three years. Um, 
but the last year I was already healing from it it's kind of like after two years of it you know like how women tend to just <laughs> heal with that yeah and when it's done it's done you know and um we were very toxic for each other like when I said like it was a toxic relationship I always say to people both of us were toxic for each other it was not a was compatibility to none mm. um and yeah so my mindset was pretty much just I don't know I've always been yeah loving traveling obviously when I left France and just exploring more not having that not having to kind of look after someone and just looking after myself. That was my mindset, like to be free of, um, yeah, having to to support somebody but me, pretty much. Mm, so you felt free. Yeah. Well, I'm. Yeah, I, I believe that if you're in a relationship, you shouldn't feel anything but free. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> if yeah. it's the right relation, <laughs> if it's the right relationship, you feel as free as. Yes. It, it's, it's it's just a bonus you know it's everything that's beautiful on your own and you have that added value to it if it start to get stuff out of you no bueno <laughs> not good I love, I love that I love that yeah it sort of enhances what you are right yes uh, and and the state that you're currently at incredible all right so take us now oh, oh so just I just want to clarify so that uh, something I just want to point out, people listening along, is um, there is a trend emerging at the moment that a lot of people right before they meet a really satisfying partner uh, aren't in a state of longing. They're not in a state of yearning, longing. They're kind of in a state of like, I'm actually, I'm good. I'm good. And then it shows up. It's like, it's a real trend that I'm seeing. So I just want to highlight and like flag a post-it note on that moment that we just had there, that that showed up there too. And so now if we go back to uh, the point where you first meet your husband, tell me about the first impression. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not <laughs> <She's> laughing, everyone. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so the first time, sorry, the yeah. first time I talked about my future husband, my current husband, um, it was to my supervisor. And it was because I was working on a grain site in the middle of nowhere um, in Western Australia, in the wheat belt. And every people that come on the grain site greet you, are very warm, always through a couple of jokes, you know. And there is that guy that barely say hi, that barely talks, that looks very arrogant. And <laughs> I turn around to my supervisor and I'm like, this arrogant prick, Next time he doesn't say hello to me, I swear I'm going to just get into into him, you know, I'm just like, I actually, I didn't like his arrogance. I was just like, who do you think you are, mate? (laughs) That was the first time I saw my husband. (laughs) But he was really arrogant. He wasn't friendly. He kind of stood back and kept to himself. He wasn't warm and like yeah engaging it told me after why because um lots of people that work on the sites in the country you know they're kind of very um very direct always doing jokes that are not so appropriate always doing and so by not kind of being so friendly and and trying to be like over the top that was his way to say look take me seriously I'm not one of them (laughs) if that makes sense uh, so when you spoke to him, he had like a strategy. He didn't want to be seen as aligned to these other people. He felt different and he didn't want to just 
yeah, I guess, abandon himself and join in and be like everyone else when that wasn't really who he was. Yeah, well, it, after we started to talk a bit more and slowly we, we got to know each other, but yeah, he was, he was just seeing himself as if I actually talked to her from the get-go and not honor those boundaries and my values, is she's going to think like I'm, I'm another clown that just like threw a couple of jokes. And, but as soon as he saw me, he was like, that's her. So I need to, I need to, yeah. As soon as he saw you, he thought that's her. Yeah. Oh, it, yeah. We, we'll, we'll get into that after. Like I let you, it was just, it's one of those stories, you know, when people ask me, how did you meet? I'm like, okay, let's grab a coffee. You've got two hours. <laughs> Uh, yeah so the first impression on this first impression your first impression was um who is this prick not talking to me and his first impression was oh my gosh I like her and therefore I'm going to I'm going to be strategic here I'm purposely going to stand back so that I can show her the right side of me at the right time like is that he almost instantly was like whoa and then had a strategy kind of come up into his mind is that right I'd say so it's also like it's a job where people are very um it's for harvest you know so there's people from all over the world it's very it's very open like people sleep with one another like it's very like it's it's harvest you know you have fun people from Europe come into Australia like it's a bit of a it's a bit of a show and um a bit like have you heard of schoolies like after year 12 after people finish school they go on like a big party and it, it's almost seen as like well everyone's going to get with everyone every it's not a, it's not a, a seen as a big deal it's like this bubble or a bit like maybe like burning man you hear everyone goes to burning man it seems like what happens at burning man stays at burning man it's kind of like you go into an alternate reality where there's new rules no one's judging as, I mean, I've not been, but I get the vibe, you get there and it's kind of like off chops or whatever. It's kind of, it's kind of crazy. Mm. And you leave and you go back and you go back to who you were beforehand and you go back to reality. Is it a bit like that? It's his own bubble where it's kind of like a group think or whatever takes so that there's like a whole culture amongst this harvest thing where Pretty it's much. normal that everyone's going to be with everyone. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. You don't really take anything seriously. Um, and it, so he it, it didn't know if I was a local. He didn't know because of my accent, if I actually just came from Europe just to do the harvest. I was actually a local. I've been there for not already three and a half years or something. So it's only because of someone that says something not very nice about me because I was checking the, the permit and all of that, you know, not doing the, the good job. And um, someone commented on my Irish accent. Irish. <laughs> and Grant and Grant at that time, like he he told me, obviously I wasn't there. He said to that guy, she's not Irish, mate, she's French. No, no, no. So that's why a few days or a week maybe after we actually just cross eye for the first time, he just told me, You French, not like you, you French, right? You're not Irish. And I turned around, I was like, Oh, so you can talk. <laughs> <laughs> so hang on you, you first see him he is kind of like you know stand backish standoffish seven days pass and behind the scenes is you know having a debate with someone about whether you're irish or french so the first interaction that he actually acknowledges you is he says he comes up to you and says you're french right and you're like oh 
like hi yeah yeah Ah, what happened next um you said you can talk then what was yeah it's just I think he giggled or something and I'm just like no but you never kind of like say anything you know and every day was coming to um the sides and we started to talk about more traveling you know you have that conversation that's what really like with a job or any job kind of when you interact with the public is that you have that conversation daily you kind of connect with the same people on a regular basis and yeah we were talking obviously with what connectors at the time is traveling oh you've traveled this you've done that you went to europe oh where about and after a week he actually um because he was driving um onto that way bridge thing and he turned his um engine off and people are talking on the radio and they're like, hey, can you actually get out of the waverage, please? Like, we need... <laughs> so it, they keep, they keep um, driving the machinery, the truck, the thing. And he would actually couldn't really hear me. So he would want to hear me better. So he would turn off his um, engine. So he's able to um, have that conversation. And then I'm just like, there is a pretty big line like I think you should go <laughs> so I don't know I think maybe after a while um I didn't have Facebook at the time I don't really use Facebook at all uh and instead to ask my Facebook because it's like Facebook it just gave me his number on the little snip of paper which I put in um the you know this thing where you put all the pens like you've got a little um yeah yeah I'm I'm busy I put it there and I'm just like yeah whatever and then one day was it broke down on the site so sorry, I, sorry to clarify yeah. are you all kind of living together at this place is it like no because I'm local I live oh, I see. um but yeah, you see every day but but one day he just so so just to clarify, you start yep. noticing he's a little bit uh, chivalrous or gentlemanly with you in the sense that he keeps trying to delay others and turn things off just to give you his attention. He seems really interested in what you've got to say, right? He's turning things off, he's listening to you, and you're like, oh, he actually really is putting an effort in here. And then one day he just comes up and gives you his number. Yeah. So he dropped the the paper with the number on it and he just hands you his number yeah I think he just said um if you if you don't want to go in Perth one weekend or something something like that and what I don't really use the number but one day everything happens so fast like it looks, sounds like it's over 10 months it's actually over probably one week or two yeah. he broke he broke yeah. down he actually broke down um so I take a photo and I send it to him because he's got his. Um, what do you mean he broke down? His car broke down. No, his um, yeah, his truck. Like his when truck. they're coming for the run with the grain. Yeah, it was it's driving. Not working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I take a photo, and I send it to him, and that was it. Since we actually changed our first message, that was just like, oh my god, oh my god, like, yeah. So very interesting you had his number but he didn't have yours and when you took a photo of his broken down thing and sent it to him for him I guess he needed a photo evidence or something he now had your number and once he has your number he starts messaging you a lot does he and I do too like it was just but it was just so so natural like so and very smart as well like what he was talking about what he like he had um 
knowledge of that so much, you know, I learned from him already within a few text messages. I was like, oh, this is promising, you know. So you guys just start doing this text message conversation. It's like once you pop, you can't stop. It's just like the lid comes off and like the floodgates open and you're like nonstop chatting. And then you're still seeing each other at work. So that is the funny part. As soon as he got my number because I exchanged, he got sent to another grain site. And I did not see him for months at work. So we we kind of arranged to see each other outside of work. But it was instant. The day I sent the photo, the day after I said, oh, my boss sent me to another site, I'm gone. And I was like, wow, what if I lost that number? What if I never texted that number? What if he never gave me his number on time? You know, like it was just... Wow. Wow. It's almost like I've heard this. It's almost like the stars aligned. Like They shifted reality for you to meet. And then once, once like, it's like, you know, uh, once you get the lesson, it shifts. It's like, oh yeah, you met. Great. Now we can shift the reality because that has happened. Um, I, I just want to ask a quick question. I noticed a lot of people at the time they meet someone, they're doing something that they find fun or uh, interesting or gets them in flow state. Was there any element of you doing this harvest? You're harvesting grain, yeah? Is there any yeah. element of, of being there that was kind of fun or made you feel good? Or like, were you in a good head space, even though you'd had a breakup? I know you felt free and whatever, but were you like, what was your, how would you have come across to him? Would you have come across to him as someone having a good time or, um, or not? Or someone suffering heart, heartbreak? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think it was more, um, I don't know. I don't want to be rude. Um, but I've like it was one of the first persons since I came to Australia in general. It was really matching. Like we talked about the same thing. We had the same reference. We had the same. So I was really happy on my own for that amount of time. And harvest is a tough work. Like you work fifteen hours. It's sixty degrees in those bulkheads. Like it's it's backpacking job. It you get a lot of money out like doing it. But it's quite of a it's quite of a physical job. So was I having a good time? Yeah, you you get the best out of everything, you know. Like you, there's no point being miserable if you don't like it. Just leave. But um, it wasn't that environment. Uh, it was a working environment where um, yeah, you get up very early. So it was more. I don't know. You very much like I, I we met before like kind of a soulmate from a past life or whatever, like, you know, it's just, it felt just home. Like every time I was spending time with him, um, nothing flashed, nothing was just, yeah. There's a few things that happened that I was like, oh, if anyone else would have done this, I'd be walking, running the opposite way, you know, like, but because it was him, it was just like, oh yeah, it's cute. Oh, it's just, it's, it's meant to be like it, it was just, yeah, it was meant to be. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. I was waiting for the part that was going to be rude. What part were you worried was going to be rude? Oh, like, because it's, it, okay. <laughs> I didn't meet very smart. <laughs> okay. Sorry, but like he's on the same level. And you don't want to. And yeah, yeah. It's, it's not that, okay. It's, I'm not the smartest person ever. Okay. But it's just that. that, 
Yeah. Yeah. Like people, people in the country specifically, you know, they talk about how much they lift the youth, how much uh, the like yeah, the lift kit cost them, and what snorkel they're gonna put on this. And I'm just like, okay. And have you watched? Uh, I don't know something, something interesting about anything. And they were like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What did I do? it was like intellectually stimulating yeah there you go that's the term it, it was actually there's something there you know <laughs> yeah it, it, it engaged your mind that's it that's how we see it was a different conversation and he was kind of the only source of that level of depth in the environment that you were in and to this day like we never run that's what I love with grants and I didn't really believe in marriage before and but when I met him, it was just like, oh, yeah, okay, that's you. It's just, we never, ever run out of things to talk about. It's sometimes it's just scary, but we enjoy some moment of silence if we want to, you know. But if we talk about anything, we can talk about that thing for, yeah, hours. So, so if I can kind of read between the lines and like, I think what I'm hearing is that, um, in some ways, it felt like it was destiny. You were meant mm. to meet this person. And in, to your mind, do you think the reason that this person showed up is because you took the brave, courageous step of saying no to the wrong thing and life rewarded you with the right thing? Is is that your your idea of why this has come into your life? Yeah. So there's two things that comes to my mind when you make that comment. I've been kind of in the mind as an empath, you know, like trying to rescue people from like always was hearing, oh, you you my sunshine. But people can only use you as their own sunshine for a while before this storm comes back, you know? So that's why, every, that's, I know, but that, that's why like people, oh yeah, you're cool now. And I jumped into this relationship and they use my light kind of to, to shine. And I was like, yeah, cool. And then it became toxic because I want to rescue them. They kind of failing themselves, myself, like it, and we drag each other down, every single relationship. That's how pretty much it ended. So um, that was the thing as when I said, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna really commit this time. Everything happened for a reason. I'm here, uh, it's, it's cool. But this time I'm just going to, um, yeah, stick for myself, show love to myself and I know that best friend I visualize, you know, I, I believe in the power of visualization and that, that person I visualize, they will come along whenever the time is right, they will come along. Meanwhile, I'll just do whatever um, I'm meant to, but on my own. And as soon as I had that shift that I really, it's not like, oh yeah, I'll see, you know, maybe no, I, I was so determined that they brought that person I couldn't say no to <laughs> for the, that reason, yeah. Oh my gosh, I love that. How, how long do you think that you had either a knowing or a conscious visualization of this concept of there was this best friend that was gonna show up? A long time, the same way, do you know, like the same way I visualized pretty much everything and um, that way we met uh, in that academy, that's what um, they teach as well is what it, you you create your own reality you are your own creator and you manifest what you believe to be true not what you want so if you unless you really believe to be true that you are worthy of that person that type that best friend that's going to match 
you know, I don't like to, talking about, oh, I tick that boxes, oh, I tick that boxes. Why are you to judge, you know, but matching your vibrations and your frequencies. And I, I don't know, maybe since I was a teenager, I'll be like one day almost, the same way I said, I'll be an expat. The same way as soon as I arrived here, I said, one day I'll be a citizen of this country. I visualize it and it happens. And I know, I know in our personal conversations, I've actually asked this question of you before, but I feel called to ask it again on this recording. And it's the question that, and do you think that you sat down and decided to choose a visualization or do you think the visualization came to you as almost like, uh, like a prophecy, almost like, he, like, did you think you received the knowing that you were going to meet a best friend or do you think you decided you were going to meet a best friend and you created that? What do you think? That's a tricky question <laughs> because it's, it's pretty much, um, it depends on someone's perception. I would say you can perceive, you said that you're, you are your own creator. Yeah. Well, then I created that to happen. I manifested these two um, and the, the universe did their part or you into like, yeah, that's more like down to earth kind of, I mean, control. control. Yeah, I, I guess what I want to know is, did you try, did you sit down and really put effort and intention into thinking about who you'd want to call in? Or did you just get a feeling, I'm going to meet my best friend at some point? Like, did you just at some point, I oh, know, I just know I'm going to meet them. Or did you sit down one day and go, okay, relationship category of my life, what do I want? Here it is. Um, like, did you have an intentional practice around it? okay got it <laughs> so not, not for that it's just I knew it I yeah. knew it but like for and I'm like when I talk about visualization I don't visualize um with my vision I really visualize with what I feel and I remember going to work where I used to live um, in the Woodbelt. I was walking around and every time I was coming to that type of lookout thing I would just open my arms wide open and take big deep breath and all that feeling of gratitude everything that's at that moment that I would feel like something's coming like I love that sentence they say um, the good old days are around the corner you know? and that's all the time like that it the, the best is to happen like I I'm so grateful for what I have right now but I know that better and yeah and that's how you keep improving I'd say on them and so beautiful so sorry you would routinely it's really similar to something I used to do it's really bizarre you would routinely go and you'd put your arms out and you would say the good days are coming or around the corner is that what you would say the good yeah well I, I just feel I just feel felt it because I was training yeah. to um I don't know I don't know what happened to me I wanted to run a marathon yeah. <laughs> don't know what happened to me uh so I trained for that like just going around and stuff and I don't know that seeing that vast flat kind of area with all this field that open field pretty much just made me every time I would go through that place I would just feel that limitless sense of life and we are limitless like we are just and yeah and every time I felt that gratitude feeling and that like I'll be like all right like kind of uh, I surrender you know mm. and um and that the, the second thing you're like, how did you know it was him? So my husband's actually, um, he was born in a very small town in the North Island of New Zealand, like in the, the tiniest little town because his parents were um, dairy farmers. So very small, middle of nowhere. 
and I'm from a town in Lyon, like in France, in, in Lyon. And we met within, we kind of like connect within the space of a month and a half in total. And then he was gone from that place where I used to work. And then, so it was just literally that pinpoint way. Okay, the crossing, you know, when they were at the crossing, that, that was exactly what it was. Like we just crossed. And then I left that job, he left his job and we can, so it was really meant to happen right at that point there. Wow, wow, wow. This is uh, very similar to the story of episode, oh, I think it's number four, Yana Kingsford. Um, there was this portal at open where a girl she wasn't friends with suddenly wanted to be a friend invited her to one thing they were only friends for that day she met her partner and they were no longer friends it was like life shifted they met and then it went back uh, so it's, it's interesting i love watching patterns and trends with people that get the same results so uh yeah so interesting and i i know i'm sticking so much on the before part but i'm, I'm curious as to why do you think you happen to, to to be in that at that pinpoint what had drawn you to come work at harvest Money first. Literally. Go chase money, people. But that's a probably a value, I guess. Well, it's just because um, at that stage, I'm a backpacker. And backpacking jobs, you get paid not much. Yeah. And that job, you actually get paid very well. And so I was just like, all right, this year, I'm just going to um, get an interview to work at Harvest. I'm a local. And I ended up staying there two and a half, three years. Um, so I'd done also the outloading season, everything. But um, yeah, I was just kind of gravitating. I've been like that since, since I'm 15. I just gravitate around places that feel right. And as soon as it doesn't feel, okay, I, I just move, you know, I'm, I'm a very freedom right. so it's like I, it's, I gravitate around what feels right I think yeah. that's the key words what feels right so you are moving from some inner it's not from the external it's some inner feeling of it feeling right yeah and then the energy shifts and then you move to the next thing that has the energy is that yeah I always um I often say that my life do you know how people talk about chapter but they kind of have that red um, thread going all over. My family, which is my very close family, I'd say we, like, they, they are the only kind of people, like, I've got two girls that are from school that I kind of have brief contact with, but each chapter of my life, it's, it's actually not a chapter, it's a, a brand new book, because all the people, like, the, I've, I've, that phase of my life, okay, all those people are gone, that my situation is gone. It's kind of those um, dimensions or like, you know, the parallel worlds. And it's, it's literally, I feel, I look at photos sometimes um, or someone sends me a photo and I'm like, who is this person? <laughs> like three years ago, not even, you know, like I'm, I'm, I can see it's me. I didn't change physically that much, but I actually don't recognize myself on the photo because it's very defined. 
what I'm going through in my life, you know, like just constant evolution. The concept it reminds me of the Tao Te Ching, uh, the concept of flowing like water. That some people say, you know, I think Bruce Lee also says this, but there's a concept in in thoughts of consciousness and enlightenment and and the Tao Te Ching and things like this that um, the key to mastering life is to flow like, like water, is to just keep flowing. Or some people say, follow the feeling. Um, and I, I totally get that too. Sometimes the path on the outside looks hectic, but to the person living it, there is a common thread of them listening to some inner knowing inside of themselves. So even though they're moving and it looks crazy, they're solid in themselves. It's like the whole time there was a solidness of, well, no, this feels right for me, but it's it, you just keep moving and flowing like water through the next thing, the next thing. And it, I'm seeing that like an analogy for how you're doing it. You're you're doing new chap, new book, new book, new book, uh, because you're flowing with the energy or what feels good, right? What what was the words that you used? I flow with what feels good. Yeah, that's exactly um, you described it. Like it's, and it also um, surprised myself. You know, when I actually think about it, I'm just like, wow. Like once there's a chapter and. People for any reasons, you know, just we drift apart and this doesn't happen. And it's some people wait for a long time for doors to close or doors. I'm the opposite. I'm just like, okay, that door's open. Please leave that door open for a little bit. So I, <laughs> I kind of have a sense of what's going on because it's just, yeah, it's moved so fast. Oh my gosh, I totally hear you. Do you, I ever have, I have this sense sometimes where, I'll go back to one of the realities and it's like the book is still there and the people and they're still in the same book. And I'm like, whoa, this whole reality is still sitting here like nothing happened. Um, you know, just say I'll go back to Melbourne, like there's a whole group there and they're still, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I, I found, <laughs> uh, do you ever have that where it's like oh, you could pick up another book and, and all the other characters are still there and like, you were the one that just kept flowing through? That's it, yeah. The time, well, it's how like, what is time, you know, like how people, um, so the, the illusion of time and stuff. But, and I think the fact that I'm um, an expat, mm-hmm. like it's even um, more just obvious. Well, obviously when you say you go back to Melbourne, but like when I go back to France, um, I haven't since almost four years due to COVID, but I used to go like once a year and I have done so much and so much happened. And, and you come back, that's it. You come back like if you time travel and you went back and you're like, oh, okay, well, that's that's still there. That didn't change. That. Mm-hmm. So I feel it's like, but those people would actually, would ha- would feel that a lot happened for them too, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's, again, it's like the perception, yes. like if you lose the, the, the certainty of it, because from my perception, nothing has changed, you know? But from theirs, Oh, Melanie's in uh, Australia. Oh, she's still in Australia. Oh, she's still in Australia. Nothing changes. When on my end, so much change. So oh, it's, true. yeah, it's whatever you perceive, I would say, um, from your point. Ah, uh, yeah, it's a really good point. It's a really good point. Maybe everyone feels like they're doing another book and another book, another book. And, and from the outside, we all just still see them as the same character. So true. Great point. Beautiful. All right. So... So you knew he was the one when, how, how, when did you know? When did you, when did you, I mean, you say like, oh my gosh, I can like, this guy is my best friend. It was he like, you know, when did you know that? If at the start he was, you know, this, this, this prick, 
when did it when, when did it flip into oh my gosh this guy is the one how long did that take um well you know sometimes they say like if you actually uh, annoy them and poke them and like it's because you're actually interested in them you know when you were younger like, yeah, I, completely, yeah. Yeah, I completely hate him like leave me alone and you push them and because you're actually just fencing them secretly um so there is one thing after not so long that just I kind of uh, I looked at myself like, okay you screwed um we had that little cabinet of uh, first aid kit you know and they had a little mirrors like two little mirrors in it and when I saw his truck coming on the way bridge because I recognized the uh, number plates I went to check myself in the mirror I was like how do I look uh-huh. <laughs> when literally it's harvest like you're covered in grain chaffs it's like six o'clock in the morning you finished at eight last night but like you I, I didn't look my best for sure and I but I don't know I was like oh my god okay do, do I have anything in my teeth or something I was like what are you doing woman <laughs> you said you are not you said it was no um yeah so I guess my mind was still like was very strong I was like we said we stay single and for you like because for me that was it I was I'm, I was craving that thing of just me for myself like my energy supporting me everything like just towards myself I didn't have to spend energy towards anyone you know and uh, so I had more energy for myself but um yeah so we do this and then I actually said no to him like when we kept talking I was like look if you want to wait if you're actually sure as you are just wait because I'm going to friends I was going to friends in August and I said, I'm going to France in August. I'll come back probably end of September, mid-October. Then if at that time you're still uh, interested, then I'll be gladly open to uh, start something. Didn't happen like that. <laughs> so how long, how long from meeting him was it until you noticed you were looking in the mirror? Oh, I actually don't, not long. Do you know, like when you, you just, I don't know, it's that part of femininity, you're like, oh, how do I look? Like yeah. I can tell, you I know, know, he, yeah, I know yeah. He, yeah. he gave me his number. I mean, I need to, <laughs> I need to look good. <laughs> that was pretty much the logic in my head. I was like, okay, give me his number. Maybe yeah, there is something. So. And how long did it take him to, so how, was it in the first week that he gave you his number? Probably probably after a bit more because it yeah time wise honestly it's a struggle to remember that's for all right, me that's all right yeah. um, it was just so, so fast so you're texting what is this advance that you're referring to that you said no to so you're in the middle of this text conversation what what did he say can we be a couple will you go out with mm-hmm. me what was what was the thing that you said no to so we went to um where did we go we went to have a breakfast or something and he pretty much said, he said, I've been like, <laughs> it's like a movie, man. I've been waiting for you all my life. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, hang on, it's getting better. And that's why I said, like, if anyone else would have said stuff or done what he did uh, on the first kind of breakfast date, I would have run. I'd be like, you're a bit creepy, see ya. But it felt so okay and so right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I actually said yes. 
I can tell that we have that connection that just, it, it, it was like if we just stopped a conversation in a past lives and we were having that breakfast and also what, what were you talking about? And we just kind of, yeah, kept going, you know, it, it didn't felt like I had to introduce myself that much. Uh, we were just open books to each other, no judgment. No, it was just, I was like, wow, okay, <laughs> cool. Um, but yeah, I, I kept saying to him, like I say, I'm going to France, give me that time. I've never had that time since I was 15. Give me just, just some time for myself. He said, yeah, but, but you know that being with me, like I would just be a, an additional support, but you can still do whatever you want, you know? So it's like, I'm not letting you go. I'm not letting you go. I was like, good. I Like, yeah, okay, cool. But just give me time. And I think we went riding because uh, we both have uh, motocross. And yeah, I think that's what got him. It's like, oh my God, she's riding a little motocross. <laughs> but yeah, so he just, he said, um, meet me there. And we just ride. And again, I was just like, no, do you know how they say, if you don't have like a bit of stress, like, no, you know, you're a little bit anxious to actually go and meet the person, no more. But I was barely that, it was barely that. I was just, oh yeah, I'm gonna go see, what's more, I was exciting. I was excited, sorry, to actually go and see him. But it wasn't what he's gonna think about me. What is, it was, it was so flowing, as you said, with the, that energy that we are, we were actually generating it was amazing wow so you were comfortable he felt like home it felt familiar it felt like picking up from an old life uh he was there was the walls were down there was no game playing it was complete transparency it was just two people being raw and real to the point where you're just like sweaty and gross and whatever um he knew straight away and was able to just say it he didn't like hold it back he just said it and you were like just give me time um and you had this common shared interest of motor cross uh yeah it was kind of just like the yin and yang finding each other in a way so but did you decide to get with him and not take that break in the end did he he managed to convince you yeah well it's like we were spending all our like our nights or talking like and because I was working on other grain side, I would leave from a 15 hours night shift and I would drove three hours to actually go and meet him after my big night shift. And he would do the same. Like we we would actually be addicted to see each other in a way. And as soon as I was like seeing friends coming closer and closer, I, I started to actually feel like not wanting to go you know what I mean instead of like give me some space I don't <laughs> I don't need to have anyone at the moment to oh do I really actually want to leave him and that's when I was like all right well done um but the the little story that I think is great for a podcast <laughs> is that time we went to the breakfast um not far from where I was living we met and it was in a shopping mall and so then we walk, we just grass shops, and there is that jeweler, jeweler that's open. And he dragged me into the jeweler shop. And I'm just like, what are you doing? It's like, no, 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 no. It's just for fun, like just for fun, like come here, come here. And he actually asked if I can try a ring. 
like an engagement ring and that's when I tell you anyone else would have done this I'd be like what a creep <laughs> interesting it's like with the wrong guy it feels kind of like creepy and like stalking with the right guy it feels hot <laughs> that's it. That's it. <laughs> that's you're like oh I would like cancel another person doing that that's it so I, I tried I'm just like the girl probably thought like what's going on but I was like all red and and she asked him, how long have you been together for? Which we, we're not even official. And he answered to the lady, long enough to know, madam, long enough to know. <laughs> long enough to know. What, what is he? Is he, He's from New Zealand. Long enough, so he's like, he put a madam in there. Long enough to know, madam. That's so fun. What did you think? Of? What were you, were you just like? I was, oh, I just, I was just like. You're crazy, but I'm I'm crazy. I'm crazy too. I'm like I'm a bit I'm a bit freakier on my, myself. So we just your left. craziness. He kind of bonded bonds you together. Yeah, you strange together. We just left the the shop, and I was like, "What the heck was that all about?" And he laughed, and he turned around, and he said, "She's going to send me an email with the size of your finger." So then on the real, the, the time I really want to propose, I'm not going to have to ask again or whatever. It's going to be the full surprise. We, we were not even official. And he was starting to think of the day he's going to propose to me. And you I was just like, knew. You just knew. Do you have any, I know I keep going on the timeline, but do you have any, I can just hear the questions of my um, clients. <laughs> how long? When should he have proposed? Um, so uh, how far in was he wanting to know what the size of your ring was, your finger was? Oh, that was before I went to France. So that was a pretty much couple of months. Yeah. Yeah. That was our first actually official time we saw each other outside of work. Yeah. Yeah. And how did you end up engaged? So we went to, I think it was two years after it. And um, because he saved a lot, he says. (laughs) So he started saving. Yeah. He said, like when people are, we're saying, oh, how long you've been together for? Like you got engaged. And said, like, oh, yeah, it took me two years to uh, to ask to propose to her, but because I had to save a lot. Oh. <laughs> it was just funny, but um, yeah, I think two years. And don't cry, but he actually proposed in French. Oh, he learned. So he did a whole. He like learned the language, and he did a whole speech yeah. to the French. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I have to admit that was pretty cool. That's sweet. And it was a surprise, was it? Yeah. So same. Like we he had to redo his back piece for his tattoo and took like forever. And so I just said to him, all right, let's grab some food here, like near the tattoo shop. And he turned and he's like, no, no, no. I was like, come on. And I just insisted. He's like, no. But like on the tone that he really never said that. And I was like, okay, calm down. You're cool. Like, it's all good. We're going home. And then on our way home, we stop at the beach. And I'm like, I thought you were tired and you really wanted to rush home. So we couldn't grab some food. What's going on here? And he was actually worried that he was going to miss the sunset to um, the first beach that we went to. That's why he did it because it was our, it's like we had like our little spots, very, yeah, very private spot that we used to sit there. And um, yeah, and then we went home and we had all the night planned. We did so many other things, but it was cute. Yeah. Oh, 
Oh, so beautiful. So I'm wondering after this whole, this beautiful romance and this fairy tale, this like, like incredible story, it sounds very soulmate-like, you know, um, what would your tips or advice be to someone who's currently single or in a relationship they don't really want to be in? Like they're not in the thing that feels like it. What, what would you say to them? Um, I've got a few things that comes forward. First is um, just stay true to yourself. Don't pretend to please or even to yourself. You know, it's, it's common that we pretend being someone else even within ourselves. Like just um, prevail, um, authenticity. That's, uh, I reckon it's just amazing uh, when you can be truly authentic with yourself and with others. Um, the fact that we are all mirroring and projecting, okay? So that's one thing that really helped me as well when uh, that knowledge came to my awareness is whatever you see in the other, the reflection, you know, like if, if you're actually struggling and sick of repeating the same patterns, uh, just be aware that whatever the other, the other one is projecting onto you, it's something you have to work on to your core. Um, you have done nothing wrong. It's just work, you know, self-development. Mm. And um, have strong boundaries. Very important to actually honor those boundaries because boundaries are self-love. And you, yeah, toxic. I'm thinking toxic relationship. You cannot help someone that doesn't want to help themselves. Um, but that's lots of people. And again, with Grant, we talk about all the positive sides. And uh, the beauty of a relationship is most and foremost when you actually are not in, you know, that honeymoon phase anymore and thing happens. And because I, I had in, on one of the screen um, thing, I had a, I almost lost my life because I had a massive injury and I was just dating around for barely three, four months when it happened. And it was there for me, but it, the, the three years recovery after that, we pretty much went through hell. Like, but because the, the bond, you know, like when you actually have that bond and you're both willing to, to do what's the best for both of them, both of us, you know, both of you. That's how I, um, I've had that uh, analogy of a rocket ship that I love is that, you know, it's a rocket ship with two actually reactors at the bottom. If there is only one reactor that propels, that actually pushes, the rocket ship goes out of the way. If it actually goes up, both of the reactors have to put the same input, 50-50. Oh, I like it. Mm. Yeah, because if one put 20% and the other one 80, you can, it's counterproductive and the rocket doesn't actually launch the way it's supposed to. <gasps> so take your part of responsibility as well, yeah. Oh, I love that visual. That's powerful. That's so powerful. Like, yeah, sure, you can put in 20 and let the other partner do 80, but you're going to have a wonky rocket. And as a couple, you'll never really fly off uh, in, into your potential, either of you. Yeah. Great one. That's so good. Um, gosh, I got so lost with that that I've, I've almost – oh, yeah, that's what I wanted to ask. Just quickly. Yeah. Anyone's listening to you and they're thinking – I'm loving Melanie's energy and she seems to know a lot and I love her theories about the mirroring and this and I kind of heard at the start that she does coaching and PTSD and all this sort of stuff. How can people get in contact with you if they want to connect with you, if they want to learn more about your coaching, your services, your healing, all of that sort of stuff. 
um how can people find you and, and get in contact with you so i can um i've got an e- my email address because my instagram it's for um i'm launching my poetry at the moment so i can actually spell it but it's a bit um it's so the nilly pot so t-h-e n for nilly e for echo l for libra yeah this is your instagram account yeah, so I can I can give that or my email address. Yeah, we'll do both, and I'll also tag your Instagram um, account. Okay. Yes. Yeah, well, so if, if you want to do that in the description, I'm happy yeah. for it. Yeah. I can yeah. do that, but I'll also some people will just be finding this on Shazam, um, so uh, we'll say it out loud for them to Here it is. So yeah, the it's at the at symbol and then the T H E Nelly N for Nancy E L I pot p-o-t underscore and you're going to be doing poetry there are you yeah i started to post it because i've got it um i've got a few that i wrote through all my process of recovery and how art and creativity really helped me to recover um so i think it's time yeah i feel like it's now the right time to start to share um more um, poems yeah amazing and you write so you're sharing poems or you're these are your own creations yeah i wrote i wrote them for um there's different it's some tells my story some do tell my story some um are just a bit more light-headed and daydream type of uh, poem but yeah beautiful i can't wait i can't wait um and your email address so it's melanie m-e-l-a-n-i-e dot my maiden name so t r e f f at hotmail.com beautiful yeah yeah amazing amazing and uh what would you think my my final question is well i got two but my final structured question before i throw to you with any final thoughts but my, my final structured question is what what do you think are some mistakes either that you think you've made on the way to trying to get love or that you think you, you you hear and you see out there that people are making on the way to getting love? Like, what do you think are some massive pitfalls and mistakes we can make when we're trying to get the love that we want in our life? Well, I think that is the mistake in the question. Like, we can't, like, if we try, it means if we try, like, we, we feel that we want um, to attract love. For me, is how would I formulate that? If you actually want something, just become that version. You know, there's that uh, Neville Goddard theory that says live in the end. Become that version, that that partner you believe that is right for you, want to attract. Become that, that best version of yourself. And don't devalue yourself because by devaluing yourself and you said, I need someone that like this, I need someone like that. If you need, you attract from a place of lack. So you, if you need, you're actually assuming that you don't have already. You have it all. Everything's available to you. You just have to put the work. But everything, and again, it's sometimes you hear it, like even I heard it in the past, oh, everything's from within. You heal from within. It's good to have support, like get the, the right support because um, we were meant to, we are meant to uh, thrive in tribes. We're not meant to be that much of a, a loner. But some alone time is very beneficial also to me. Yeah, to- I totally hear you. And that's the space I, I my aim is to get clients to. Um, 
but but there's a lot of people that are they're like okay i i've heard that and also my hormones and ovaries and like i just want the husband the babies already like i so do you have any tips of of if there's someone is like i hear but i can't switch off that i do feel needy i do really want it um what would you say to them what could they do just to embrace it because i would say that probably there is like some emotional blockage or some like even in the unconscious because if they really want it but they still believe they're not worthy of it it's it's not going to come their way you know like i'm ready i really want it but they're, they're probably on an unconscious level a little bit of a cleaning to do uh, because whatever you feel at that moment is right you know whatever you feel is okay you just um it can be frustrating because you're like okay i'm ready like what are they waiting for but the divine order divine timing like when you're actually ready i thought i was ready for the right partner for so many years and after all this long relationship i was like okay i'm ready to quit but because until then I didn't have, like, I didn't do the, the, the job. So, yeah, I think it's On just- On the outside of surrender, of letting yeah, go. Yeah, la- la- that's it. Because if, if you really want, you, you're actually not surrendering. You, you it's, it's very subtle, but because you're the creator, just kind of, yeah, do, do the work that you actually understand that you are worthy live in the end, attract that version, and then manifest it. But just by asking to center, I want that new pair of, I don't know, sunglasses, it's not going to come, you know, you have to put the work into it. Yeah. I love it. Such wisdom, such wisdom. I'm, I'm all about the energy of surrender, but it's a, it, 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 it's an easy word to say. Uh, and it's an interesting concept to explain in a even more interesting concept to get to the point of embodying. I do believe that everything comes with practice. And in today's world, people forgot how to, because we are such in a comfortable world, people forgot how resilient we actually can be and how much repetition, doing repetitively something is actually um, giving you the result. It's not because once you're gonna write a couple of affirmation, oh, it's it's not it's not happening. It's it's more than that, you know. You don't expect retaining your multiplication table after reading them only once. You have to train and to learn and to. So I think yeah, people are a little bit lazy in some way about that. Like just okay, I've I've said the magic word. Like come on, it, it's it's yeah. You have to to just go back within and then surrender. Yeah. So are you suggesting that people um, should find a practice to practice the energy of surrender more often, that they should be cultivating a purposeful, intentional practice of surrender? That's it. Just in meditation, learning to let go, let go and not hold on to the thoughts. and Frequencies. Frequencies are very powerful, listening to good frequencies. Like neuro, what are they called again, those beats? Binaural. But binaural beats. Binaural beats, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there was something else I wanted to say. Oh, yes, I, I, when you're saying with the, it's like the people, I think a lot of people have an expectation hangover. I think marketing has sold a dream and made people think that they can be, be a millionaire in, the, in one year, that they can. And we don't want to have limiting beliefs and we want to believe that magic is possible. But I think a lot of people feel entitled to something without actually uh, putting in, 
getting the stripes on the board and like everyone wants to be the CEO before they're the PA. You know what I mean? No one's willing to be the PA to get to the CEO position. No one's willing to get the coffees. Everyone wants to be in the boardroom. And I think there's a, a lot of people who are sitting here and like, they're devastated that they're not in the boardroom, but it's like, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't get on chapter one to get to chapter 20. So like, I totally hear what you're saying is yes, be expansive and expect it and hold the vision, but be willing to, to take step one through to 20 to get there, like show up for it. The mindset work was never uh, to get everything to happen out of no effort. The mindset work was to make the, the effort feel fun and expansive and feel good. And um, yeah, just to your point about um, the comment on yeah, people that don't, don't want to repeat things and put in the work. Yeah, and also one thing is people forget how magical life is. You know, like we're on this earth in a solar system that there's billions of trillions of whatever stars and we, we, we just, we're just magical creatures, okay? Like, so there's that thing as well where people take life sometimes too seriously. So mm. serious things do happen, okay? But if you really think of who you are and what you're made of, it's just we, we're just miracles just that's all right just you know just cru cruise like um, hold your vision but don't stress too much on how it's going to happen the how doesn't matter that much mm. if you actually that's it on whatever you want to manifest and that you put con um, consistent work daily but you let you allow a little bit of flow within that's it that's all you need to know, folks. That's <laughs> life 101. That's so, I love that. I love that. I'm so glad you've said that because I say that to a lot of clients and I think hearing like different people say the same thing <laughs> um, brings the point home. I think if one person's sitting there saying this, everyone's like, well, yeah, but you're one person. I think if multiple people saying that they've got love, they've got a result, they've got this, is saying, yeah, like let go of the how, let go of the how just hold the vision and show up each day show up to like you know take some action in alignment um and have fun and have fun and don't take yourself too seriously That's i love it. it just did a post on this we're in sync today just did a post about like <laughs> get over yourself you know you've got to um let it be a bit let it be fun um laugh at yourself let yourself be silly i love it i love it um all right so is there any parting words? Like, is there anything you wanted to say today that I haven't asked you, but you really wanted to, you know, you really wanted to get that message out or there is some, there's some, feels like there's some words left in your system and your body and your heart that you want to get out. Is there any final parting message or words that you wanted to share today on love or any topic? Yeah, well, I think it's pretty much that thing about the perception, you know, like no one knows you better than you know yourself. And um, someone's going to perceive something differently because it's it's not for them or it doesn't align with them. That's cool. Like we all different in some ways. And so whatever, yeah, feels good with you, like for you, just go with that. And as you say, um, I don't know. It's it's society as well. Like obviously, each time when you encounter yourself, like people said, or oh, uh, some. Once it was World War Two, you know, it was awful. So each time I've they, they they're down, obviously, but in today's society with all that media and that social media um, cult, and people are so lost, you know, they're like, okay, what what it, what I'm supposed to do? Am I like when you make more money, 
because you saw you show actually someone nipple and because you actually perform a heart surgery you're like what, what what is this word you know like sometimes i tend to find it uh, very challenging to understand how people that save life earn less than um, people that actually um, just are very superficial and but again don't that's it like just whatever resonates with you is what is right so don't try to copy don't try to just be authentic I, I just since I actually integrate my life everyday life being authentic as much as possible and um, having a little bit of fun allowing that feminine energy that flow is just yeah it's actually it, it made my life easier it actually made my life easier Oh, I love that you've said that. I keep trying, I keep sort of going the final thing and then you say something and I want to like, I want to touch on that point. And I just want to touch on that point that I'm, I'm noticing coming up in the zeitgeist. It's like the third time this week that this theme has emerged. So I want to touch on it. And it was that you said it, it, it confuses you how people that save lives get paid less. And I think there is a trend of undervaluation of the feminine energy, anything nurturing, caring, um, that kind of, uh, that, yeah, that, that people can't see how it can be monetized. It's not as valued on a monetary level, right? Um, and, and I think that that probably is, is going to come from more people within themselves starting to honor their own feminine energy and the change coming from within, right? Because it's kind of like, look at Black Lives Matters. Like they made that happen. They stood up and they like finally had enough and, they said, hey, we're valuable, value us. And I feel like the feminine energy almost needs like that moment of like, uh, and we're, it's try we're trying, but mothers, mothers are so left behind. Mothers are so not valued. No one cares. Everyone is like, oh, look at so-and-so got a PhD and got an award and won this and won that. This person is uh, 500 days into nearly killing themselves, trying to like keep this kid alive. No one cares about her. Mm. She looks disheveled. And I think that, um, yeah, I can feel it happening. I can feel uh, the feminine energy definitely kind of rising, but I think it's going to come from more of these conversations and it just acknowledging um, and embracing that, that the power in the feminine flow and looking for the value in a life that maybe is less monetized, but that feels good and is touching more lives of other people. Um, yeah. I, I was, yeah, go on. Yeah, I, I was just going to say, and feminine energy specifically, with men like I'm working on some clients that are uh, men masculine but um they have obviously both masculine and feminine energy and there's that pressure on them as well that the mask they, they represent only that masculinity mm -hmm. and they never allow the flow they never allow um room for actually yeah maybe making a mistake or not be as support they have a lot of pressure um so the, the feminine energy is definitely lacking. I completely agree. But um, I just wanted to make that, um, what you say, just a pre precision that it's all. Oh, it just froze. It the just females. Sorry, would you, mind, sorry, would you uh, mind saying that again? Because it seemed really important. And right before you're about to give the punchline, I just want to say, it just froze. You just want to say, basically, I think what you were going to say was, it's all of us. We have masculine and feminine, all of us. Is that what you, you were saying? Yeah. And um, society, because you said no one seemed to care. But in today's society, no one seemed to care about themselves, about others, about it's very... 
it's it's a little bit sad to be honest like it's a bit disturbing how we have that unbalance you know we're a lot in polarity of that masculine energy and we actually rebalancing slowly but surely but with all like people that are aware and con and becoming consciously aware of all that because yeah males i can see how um they, that pressure that's on them to actually um like with in, in western australia specifically when they fight for you know they go in their mindsets work um hard to um, supply like for all their family and stuff when they come those two weeks they look after the the kids they look but it's just it's kind of um a downward spiral you know when no one's allowing that feminine energy the for the female and for the the, the male mm -hmm. and it's it's kind of there is almost um miscommunication you know you're not on the same frequency the waves are not really uh, and that's what i i've realized with some of my clients that as well um female or males they they all not honoring the feminine the feminine energy enough mm. it's like there's no room for anything and as yeah. you say like there's mothers that have a job like i've got some of my friends they have jobs they have kids their husband's not here like they they never have one second for a bit of that flow that self-love that mm. that's a society today that with obviously the economy everyone needs to make more money and survive and it's yeah and it's another topic but i question myself do i actually want to have a kid you know but that's completely another yeah 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 i i think you know and one of the i never like to create a, a highlight a problem without giving some version of a solution just so i don't leave people down like well, let's go down and like let's pull back up now and so i just want to say because i i do work with people through this i do work with balancing the feminine energy and i know you do too um uh, and I just want to say one of the solutions to this is starting to see uh, is rewiring. So your secondary game, whatever it is, to seeing how powerful play, um, pleasure and uh, fun. But there's a summer, there's something and rest. These things. This is how when you start scheduling like as if it's a dental appointment, uh, play, fun and rest and you start um, Actually, I mean, either you can make the time for feminine energy or your masculine will just drive you into the ground and you'll get sick and then you'll, you'll be forced to rest, all right? But, you know, it, it's sort of, we can reclaim it in little little rebellions and whatever and fight the good fight just by actually saying, right, how am I going to play this week? How many ways am I going to rest? And, and actually learning the skill of rest and seeing that as work, seeing that as whatever you need to see it in order to give yourself permission to do it because um yeah I, I think we we can all have a little revolution in our own lives by just inviting more of that in and ultimately the coolest thing is is if you actually get on track and you combine play and work and you find a way to bring the feminine into what you do uh that does involve getting on track and melanie and i would both tell you that involves probably <laughs> a good coach um <laughs> to get aligned but yes it, really, really good points yeah Yes, you you said um, give yourself permission, and I say that to the client all the time. Like how how uh, give you you are allowed, you are allowed. Give yourself that permission, mm. and sometimes it's just oh. Mm. You can see that Melanie and I and I could be here forever. A, a yeah. couple of weeks ago, we caught up with another friend, the three of us on Zoom, and uh, we went in and um, 
we came out three and a half. How long was this? Yeah, what's what's past ten for you? Ten p.m. Yeah, it was supposed to be just a quick kind of like catch up, and and we could just mm-hmm. uh, three hours just passed. So, um, I think I think what we'll do is just say yeah, thank you. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. It's been incredible it's been a rich deep conversation that has gone beyond getting love which is beautiful because as you said um honestly that kind of is the pathway to getting love (laughs) is to get to the point where we're not focusing so much on trying to get it and rather just on how many ways can you be love and 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 that sort of stuff but i love your story of um bravery and courage i think doing the choosing you really choosing your truth uh i mean i you you can you can insert better words that land better with you but my summary is you chose you and then that brought a beautiful love in that matched that energy uh would that be the way that you summarize the your the biggest takeaway of of your story if you could say your story in one if you had an anchor phrase i know i've done the same training you'll get it if you had an anchor phrase for your love story what would it be if you could sum it up in one sentence well, I just want to say thank you to you as well, because that was a really, uh, that was, I didn't know what to expect, and that was really enjoyable, so you're doing a great job, so thank you, thank I appreciate you. it. Oh, thank you. Um, now for anchor phrase, uh, I'd say just, hmm, yeah, like, it's, hmm, I don't want to say, honor yourself, like honor your true self, that authenticity, you know, like at, at the moment you to the deep core of your DNA, know your worth and honor yourself, you'll attract it. Oh, okay. So honor yourself. Yeah. Honor yourself. Is that, is that your, or is it honor yourself and know your truth or know your yeah. worth? Yeah. Honor yourself and know your worth. Like, but truly not because you're just like, oh yeah, no, I'm worthy. But inside you just be like, no, I actually don't worth nothing. You know, um, work on that. Work on actually building that trust towards yourself that you are worthy and that there is no two of you and your uniqueness make you beautiful. Oh, oh, it's so beautiful. What a, let's leave it on that it note. True. Thank you, Melanie. Thank you so much. I mean, just incredible. I'm just Thank grateful you. that everyone is going to be able to enjoy your wisdom and your energy. Thanks. Thank you so Thank much. you, guys. Thanks so much for joining us today as I spoke with Melanie Oldham. There was so much in there. I'm definitely going to be listening over and over and and taking uh, different layers as I go of all the wisdom that she shared with us in that today. Really inspiring and uh, wonderful story of trust, of divine timing, of self-love, of knowing your worth. Yeah, beautiful. All right, so I'm Elise Peck. I'm your host. And if you'd like to know any more about me, you can head to my website, elisepeck.com, E-L-I-S-E-P-E-C-K is my website. I have a blog there. And I also often, depending on availability, give away free strategy one-on-one calls with me. Uh, That's usually a button on the website if that's available. 
where you can dive in and have a, a short chat with me about where you currently are, where you'd like to be, and uh, discover a little bit more about if personal coaching uh, with me might be the perfect tool to move you from A to B. All right. Uh, so if you have someone in your life or anyone or a whole group of people that have beautiful love and a great love story, uh, I would love to capture their love story for this podcast. Please send them my way, head them to elisepeck.com and go to the book tab and uh, encourage them to book in a podcast interview with me so that we can grab a really juicy collection of amazing love stories and listen along and hear about the mindset, the energy, the space people were in that allowed the love that they wanted to um, to come into their life or allow the love that was for them to come into their life. All right. Thanks for listening. And I look forward to connecting with you on another episode of Love with Elise Peck. Bye for now.